Hi, welcome to AmateurLogic.tv, episode 36. I'm George. And I'm Jim. I'm Tommy. And I'm Peter. And uh, it's good to be back with everyone here near the beginning of February. Yesterday was uh, a holiday, wasn't it, Jim? Well, Groundhog Day, pretty close to a holiday, I guess. I wonder how that turned out. I think the groundhog saw his shadow. Six okay. more weeks of winter. Of course, we haven't seven. had any. That's six more than we, yeah. Yeah. weeks than we've had to start <laughs> Very all, mild all winter, winter down, not down under, but down south. So how's the weather been down there, Peter? Uh, just fine. We're in summer here, of course, and uh, it's been fairly pleasant. A couple of hot days. Can I ask one question, though? What's a groundhog, and what's Groundhog Day? <laughs> You'll have to. Oh, surely you've seen the movie. I have seen the movie, but I don't understand what, what it is. Well, you understand as much as we do then. Oh, okay, so. fair enough. <laughs> I'm not sure we have them here. Yeah, no, no. We, we don't have them down south. Yeah. We have armadillos. But we did just have a ham fest here this past weekend. And, uh, boy, we had a great time, didn't we? Oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, man, it was a great ham fest. It's probably the best one we've had in Jackson. Tommy, did you get any PL259s? Well, I can't leave until I get my PL259s. I know there got to be some around here somewhere. There we go. I probably have this many in my truck already, but uh, this should probably hold me till the next stamp fest anyway. I got a few things myself, too. Um, I got uh, some coax, some uh, PL259s. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, some RF switches and, and some various and sundry other things. And I bought a used HF rig as a backup ah. to replace the backup that I sold. Jim, what did you get down there? I actually didn't buy anything. I sold things. No PL259s? I, I, no, I didn't oh, sell man. any. I've didn't even to, buy any PL259s. I'm going to have to loan you one. I yeah. Guess. But I sold a lot of I sold about $400 worth of stuff. Well, that's pretty good. Did yeah. you uh, get anything else, Tommy? Yeah, I spent more than he made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did too. <laughs> yeah, I got a, uh, I got an HF antenna for my truck, and I got a D Star Handy Talkie. Kind of uh, which one? IC ninety two AD, the uh -huh. dual band, dual watch. It's pretty mm -hmm. nice. I'm still kind of learning how to use it. So I've been a Kenwood guy pretty much forever, and it's. Uh, Quite a shift in uh, the way things work. I I think D Star is even a shift for ICOM guys if you've never done it before. It's yeah, it's kind <laughs> it's, of different, but it's it's. I think I'm gonna like it. It's kind of fun. It was a, a larger ham fest than we've had in recent years. So there were more vendors there than before. Yeah, very very nice size. I was pleased to see everyone that came. Yeah, they they actually expanded over into the other part of the building, which was nice. I took a few minutes and went around and talked to a few of them. Well, we found another new vendor here. Uh, like I said, we're glad to see all this new activity at the Ham Fest. What's your company? The company, Mid-South Amateur Radio Supply, out of Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, you're pretty local then. Relatively local, a three-hour drive, but very well worth it. Well, uh, we're glad to see you guys here this year. How's the show been for you? Um, actually, exceptional. Uh, we This is the second year we've been here. The first year, very, very new. But... Um, Last year and this year, um, the facility fabulous, staff excellent, very willing to accommodate, very willing to work with people. Uh, setup was easy. A lot of vendors are, or a lot of vendors here, and a lot of uh, customers coming through. Very good. good, very good staff. Yeah, that's great. We've heard uh, that the accommodations for the vendors have been exceptional. I'm glad to hear you guys are the same way. They they know how to treat them here. Uh -huh. Yeah, they Absolutely. really do. They really do. It's 
of all the ham fests we've been to, I guess this is probably, as far as from a vendor standpoint, has been been the best. I mean, uh, a lot of places, you know, they run you in, run you out, grab your money, and they don't talk to you the rest of the time. But these guys have been really great here. You know, we had a lot of friends there as well, uh, some from out of town. My other Tom friend was there. Yeah, my other Tom friend. Yeah, it was good to see him. Yeah, we're talking with my other Tom friend here. It's uh, Tom Samasico from the Atlanta area. Hi, Tom. Hey, George. How you doing today? Good to see you. What brings you to Jackson today? Well, a little bit of both. I, um, I've been to this ham fest about three years ago, and um, it's a really good ham fest. Uh, it's, uh, I hate to say it, but it's a lot better than some in the Atlanta area, but uh, that and come see you guys and uh, I've got family up here a little bit north of here near Starkville so where where yeah where yeah. Where, where Mississippi where, where Mississippi okay. so we uh, so I'm here for that and after we get out of here I'm gonna head up there but mainly come to the ham fest and look around and uh, we enjoy it coming out here plus I get away from the house for a couple days yeah that that can never hurt anything so Tom you do a weekly amateur radio podcast called HQA radio tell us a little bit about that yeah, well, the, um, the uh, website is hqaradio.com, and we do a live show on Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we also um, have a couple recorded shows, uh, Amateur Radio Weekly, and uh, we're starting a new one next week called Digital Modes Today, which is going to be just on Amateur Radio Digital Modes. Huh. Um, the weekly show uh, we put up on the website, but the live show on Sunday, we pick a topic for each week, and... Uh, we have people in the chat room to come in and ask different questions and everything, and we record it, and it's put up on the website usually by Monday or Tuesday. Okay, I've I've uh, watched it uh, a number of times, and well, well I've, I've had you on, I've had you on yeah. the show twice so far <laughs> since we started last year, so uh, which I appreciate. But yeah, no, it, it's it's working out really well. You run a chat room on that show, don't you, Tom? Yeah, the chat room the chat room is uh, on uh, UStream. You could either watch the live show. Uh, directly from hqaradio.com or um, you can watch there's a link on there to click the Ustream and if you have a Ustream account you can log in and uh, ask questions during the show uh, make comments uh, suggest things whatever but yeah the, we get a pretty good amount of people in the chat room especially when we did our uh, topic on the D-Star. How old were you when you got into ham radio? I had my first license in 74 in New Jersey and I was 14 uh, was non-renewable two years and uh, never really had the money to buy equipment or anything so I let it lapse after the two years. In 83 I li was living in Florida and met another ham in Elmer and uh, he uh, Doc got me back into amateur radio. I got my license, got my novice, tech and then tech plus and in general. And so I've been uh, active, active since 83 really. Okay. So you've been around a few years. Then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you ever build anything? Well, the first radio I built was uh, when, I was, uh, when I first got my first ticket. We were in an electronic radio TV repair school, and uh, we bought one of the Heathkit 2 meters, the one with the little switches for changing the frequency. Yeah. It was one of their first synthesized rigs that wasn't just push-button crystals. So we built that as a class project, sent it up to Heathkit. They made sure it was all aligned and got it back. And we used it in the club, and from there on, I've built smaller little projects like a Pico Keyer and stuff like that, but no major radio builds. Yeah. Uh, major radio builds are, are hard to do, but they've gotten a lot easier with this QRP stuff that's around today. And uh, Yeah, QRP, uh, there's a lot of kits out there for them. Uh, 
and there's a lot of surface mount stuff that's coming out that they already populate the surface mount, and all you do is add the rest of the components. Yeah. So what's your uh, favorite band or favorite mode to operate? Oh, I've played with a lot of them, but um, mainly I'm on 40-meter voice. Um, or if I uh, do digital modes, I'll be on just about anything that's open, 20, 30, 40. Uh, and digital modes, I really like PSK and just recently uh, started playing around with JT65. Okay, how do you like that? It's interesting. It's, 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 it's another, just another digital mode, but I don't know. I like PSK more, but there's one mode I really like. It's Hellscriber. And there's not a lot of people on it, and uh, but yeah, it, that's another neat mode too. And there's a ton of them out there. So, but yeah, that's mainly what I'll do. And then, like I said, I get on D Star a lot. Yeah. What would you say is your your most memorable ham contact? Oh, uh, never really contacted anybody. You know, like King Hussein or yeah. Barry Goldwater or anything like that. But um, one contact I did, I was I built a um, homebrew antenna. It was a vertical slinky tap type antenna with radials on it, and I was on my ICOM 703 at five watts, and I heard a station call and there was pileups, so I decided just to see how the antenna worked, and it was um, made the contact and found out after I looked up the call it was a small island off of South Africa. Wow! Yeah. So for five watts on a Homebrew antenna, I thought that was pretty neat. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, have you got a favorite ham radio story, anything funny that's happened, or or uh, maybe an emergency event or anything? I've got one story I really don't think I should share, but I'll, uh, it, it, maybe it'll help future uh, hams that don't do something stupid and think they know what they're doing. Um, a friend of mine was um, replacing a couple pair of 500Z tubes on a Johnson desk. And instead of waiting to bleed off the tubes, I told them, no, no problem. So I took a big screwdriver out of the cabinet, and I went to go cross it to bleed it off and forgot to leave my thumb on the metal. It knocked me a good three feet back on my you-know-what. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, that was real memorable. Yeah, you that gotta, was real memorable. you got to be careful. But uh, um, apparently that stuck in your mind. You've never done that again. No, never mess with high voltage after that. So, <laughs> you do a, a a Google Hangout almost nightly, don't you, with a bunch of amateurs? Yeah, we um, you know, the, everybody, a lot of hams get have computers for doing digital modes, logging, uh, satellite work, whatever. Uh, and if you've got a decent enough computer, there's uh, a lot of people use. Like I use social media to let people know when my shows are up on Twitter or Facebook, but Google Plus has come out with a, um, a thing they call Hangouts. And you can get up to 10 people in it. Um, you've been on it, Bob Heil's been on it. And a lot of hams are from all over, Germany, everywhere. Uh, up to 10 people can get in there and we talk about basically what we talk about on a round table. Yeah. And um, uh, that's on Google Plus. So if you got a Google Plus account and get on Hangouts, uh, you can, there's different hangouts. Obviously, they just don't do ham radio ones. Any different computer or whatever. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's taken off, and you meet a lot of nice people and uh, set up schedules. That's basically where I started to um, get interested in JT65. Was talking to somebody on there that was actually working it in the background while they were on the hangout. So yeah. uh, that was one of the uh, 
that was one of the reasons that got me into playing with JC65. So, yeah, the, 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 um, that's, that's um, something that um, you know, a lot of people could look into, but a lot of hams aren't too thrilled with the Internet because, you know, oh, it killed ham radio. And uh, the only part of ham radio I see that the Internet killed was packet radio. Yeah. You know, so that used to be really big. And then why sit there and wait for you go no, 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 to a mailbox when you just type in and go from there? So yeah. that, that's what. Yeah. But yeah, no, but Google Plus, if you get on there and um, anybody sees this that's interested in joining the Hangouts, uh, my name is Tom Samasico on Google. Um, if you go to my website, you'll figure the spelling out. Uh, and then just send me an email or an invite of, through your circle. Uh, and uh, we'll add you to it, and when we do a hangout, we'll send out a notice for it. Cool. Well, Tom, uh, we appreciate you being here today and talking with us a little bit. No, um, George, I appreciate meeting up with you. I'm glad to finally be able to get back out here again, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again in October at uh, MFJ. So. Well, I hope so, and, of course, we'll be seeing you on the hangout there and uh, on HQA Radio, and the, the website again is? Yeah, the, the website is uh, www.hqaradio.com. Or if you just want to get notices on um, when I post the shows on the website, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at HQA Radio. Good deal. George, thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. It was a pleasure to meet and talk to Tom. You know, I had never met or even talked to Tom before on the air. Yeah, Tom and I have known each other for several years now. We first met at an MFJ Open House a few years back. And we've, we've talked on Echo Link a few times, and uh, we've also uh, got together on the Google Hangouts that uh, go on almost nightly. I'm not there every night, but uh, I think Tom's there most nights. As a matter of fact, uh, I called HRO to buy a new rig a few years back, and the guy who answered the phone was Tom, and after just a few minutes, we figured out we knew each other. <laughs> oh, wow. What a coincidence, eh? Uh, Tommy, you talked with some more vendors there, didn't you? Another new guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I talked to a guy from uh, just uh, down south of us. What's your name? My name is Jim Brolaski. And what's your company name? Uh, Obsidian Amateur Radio Sales. Okay. And, and where are you from? Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Oh, you're not too far away then. Um, how's, how's the show been going for you? Uh, actually, it's been a very good show for me. Uh, got a lot of traffic, did, some, did a fair amount of sales, but... Uh, We've got our name out in front of people, and our cards are out there, and uh, it allows them to get our website and to our web store. And okay, what is your website? It is www.hubcityamateurradiosales.net. Okay, great, great. Um, you think you guys will come back next year? Oh, definitely. We will be back next year. It sure was nice to see all the new vendors that we did have this year in the additional space. So the, the Jackson Amateur Radio Club's Capital City Ham Fest really is growing every year. It's one of the best in the South, and you really should plan to attend if you can. Peter, when's your next Ham Fest? I've just gotten a VIP invite for uh, Wyong up in New South Wales, but unfortunately I've had to refuse it because uh, I'm uh, having an extension put on the house and uh, in the middle of uh, constructing that, so I, I can't, uh, can't get away, unfortunately, but I hope to get there next year. We met some other friends there, uh, one that some of you may know. We're talking here with Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. Good to see you at the Jackson Ham Fest Good today, Good to see Don. you. Finally uh, meet you face-to-face -face after all this time. Yeah. Uh, first met you through Ham Nation. That's true. That's and, right. And uh, you do the uh, weekly 
What's the title of it now? The yeah, the the, the amateur radio newsline Ham Nation headlines, which yep. yeah, I was I was the I guess the first person to do that and then basically waiting for Robert Sudock to yeah. uh, take care of his health issues and so now Robert Sudock WB6FDF is uh, is doing it and I'm kind of waiting in the wings for if he needs a fill in or a vacation yeah. break or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, and it, it could happen, you never know. Anytime, you know? yeah. Uh, and you are on the weekly uh, podcast as well? For? Uh, Newsline? Yeah, but periodically whenever Bill Pasternak needs me to mm -hmm. anchor. I, I think I just did last week. So, uh, yeah, okay. I, about every three or four weeks or so, I get to anchor Newsline. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so you work for Clear Channel in New Orleans? I do. I'm uh, one of the production people. We have a two-man production department there where we write and produce radio commercials and been in broadcasting since 1978 when I got out of high school. Okay. Told my mother in 1970 when I was 10 I was going to be the voice coming out of her radio. <laughs> and uh, have been working towards that from that day till I got in radio. And thankfully, have been able to do that almost continuously with a few breaks here and there. But uh, until now. So, yeah, it's been a long career. Yeah. On the air for a long time and now into the production aspect of it, so it's lengthened my career a little bit. Well, when did you get into amateur radio? Was it before or after you got into broadcasting? About the same, well, about the same time. Radio has always intrigued me. Um, I was into CB radio in 73, 74, you know, as mm -hmm. a 13, 14-year-old. About the same time all of us were into exactly, it. Exactly, yeah, yeah, you know, a Convoy, and then, of course, Smoking the Bandit in yeah. 77, 78 hit, and I've got one of those cars, by the way. I've got a black <laughs> 78 Trans Am smoking the Bandit car. Wow. But, um, yeah, and, and so I was studying for my ham ticket in 75 and 76. And in Oklahoma, where I grew up, when you uh, are 15 and a half, you can get your learner's permit. So in 1975, I'm studying for my ham ticket, and all of a sudden I get my driver's license. And girls and cars got to be more important than code and theory. Yeah. So it was exactly 20 years later that uh, my wife, uh, her uncle, I found out he was a ham. And I'm like, God, I got interested in that many, many years ago. And he's like, well, you know, they've dropped the Morse code requirement. Now you can get into it. You know, you only have to know, you know, you have to know 20 words a minute. You can get into, just get your tech license and no Morse code at all. I'm like, well, hell. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my uh, foray back into, into ham radio in, in 95. And, and I haven't stopped since. That's when I got involved with uh, Amateur Radio Newsline was in 95. We had a Young Ham of the Year winner. Um, I think he won in 93, and in 95, he and I became friends, and he conned me into taking him to the Huntsville Ham Fest. And so I've been going to Huntsville since then, met Bill Pashnack with Newsline then, and I've been doing Newsline since then. So yeah. I've been doing Newsline as long as I've been a ham, and uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got started in it. And now I'm an extra now, and uh, probably the most fun I have in ham radio besides doing Newsline is as a VE. I love making new hands. Well, Tommy love and I that. are VEs too, I and that. that is a lot yeah, of fun. It's, it's, it's yeah. uh, to see someone, uh, you know, achieve that dream or whatever they you want to call it for them. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. quite an accomplishment. Even now I've, that they've dropped the, the the code, it's still quite an accomplishment to to watch someone go from say, especially to go from from walking in as, as a non ham to, to walk out as an extra. That's still a rare thing, and yeah, I've been ha I've been lucky enough to sign off on several of those. So, wow, yeah, yeah they went all yeah. the way in one. One pass. Several, yeah. I've had several signed off on several that go zero to extra in one sitting, yeah. So what's your favorite band and your favorite mode to operate? 20, probably, from from my car. I love doing doing mobile HF. I, don't ha I haven't put my, my tower up since it got uh, destroyed in Katrina. We were in New Orleans for Katrina, now I live in Mississippi. 
So I've got 50 feet of uh, Roan 25 just itching to be put up. You know how that yeah. works. It's, oh, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it only takes two things to do this stuff, time and money. You have one yeah. and you don't have the other. So I've got an ICOM 7000 in my, in my Jeep, and I do a little bit of uh, HF Mobile. My, my, my coolest contact, I think, was um, Picayune, Mississippi to McMurdo Station, Antarctic on 20. Wow. Mobile. That's pretty good. So that was that was cool. That was very yeah. cool. So I, I love doing uh, chasing DX mobile. Love that. So you work HF mobile every day on your commute? If I drive the Jeep, I do. Yeah, I, yeah. I just I just have the uh, the HF in the Jeep. I've got a uh, just a dual bander in my in my other car, and it gets thirty miles to the gallon versus ten for the Jeep. So yeah. and I've got a hundred and twenty five mile commute every day. So I don't take the Jeep very often. But you know, I'll back the Jeep out and sit in the backyard and and spend hours on a weekend just out there just. Yeah. Sometimes I won't even make a contact, just out there twiddling around and, and uh, yeah. you know, I'll have the iPad out there and uh, looking at the DX spots and stuff mm -hmm. and seeing who I can hear. And, you know, I'll make a few contacts here and there, but that's, that's really what I enjoy doing. Yeah, fooling yeah. with that. I, I spend more time listening than I do talking Well, I think, well, I think any know. good ham will. I mean, you, you learn so much more by, by opening your ears and shutting your mouth. That's yeah. something I learned a long time ago. So, well, What would you say has been your most memorable contact or most memorable experiences being a ham? Probably McMurdo. That was that was the neatest. Um, it's kind of a cool story. I was still living in, in New Orleans at the time, and we spent our weekends at our place in Mississippi. And I'm in my mother-in-law's house on her computer um, on uh, AOL Instant Messenger talking to a ham back in New Orleans. And he's like, well, you know, Antarctica's on right now. I'm like, really? Well, I've got, I've got my 706 in my truck outside. I'm going to go see if I can uh, make the contact. And he's like, You'll never do it. I can't do it. I, I can't hit him. I said, well, let's just see. Yeah. So I went out, and uh, I'm calling, and I'm calling, and I'm calling. And the stateside guy, I think it was in the northeast, said, okay, uh, Antarctic is going to take a break for dinner. And as he unkeyed, I quickly keyed up, and I said, do you have time for a quick mobile? And he said, all right, the mobile. Everybody else quiet. The mobile only. Go ahead. And he called me. And so I made the CUSO with uh, Antarctica. And went back inside, and my buddy in New Orleans was like calling me everything but a good milk guy. That's cheating. That's that's not cheating. That's using your yeah. that's skill. That's operator skill is what that is. And he's like, well, I've got wheels in my chair. Can I say I'm mobile? It's not work that way. So that was probably my most memorable uh, contact and the, yeah. the the coolest story I think as far as that goes. Yeah. yeah. Well, Don, we appreciate you sitting down and taking a few minutes to talk well, with thank us. Thank you, George. I appreciate the uh, the time as well. I've really enjoyed this. It's really good to see you here in Jackson too. Thank we'll have you. to get together again. We're not that far apart. Now, Two and a half so. hours down the road. Yeah. Wouldn't take much. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Appreciate thank you. It. Switching gears a little bit. We've got a new friend here, Email, that we met recently. And uh, Email is going to produce a, a new set of features for us called Old Man Minutes. Hello, and welcome to Cheap Old Man Minutes. On this minute, I wanted to go over cheap, easy-to-build mast made out of uh, PVC that you can use for emergency communication situations or just something you need to throw up quick in certain situations. The five foot level it's glued and screwed together. At the ten foot level it's just screwed together. If you notice it's a reduced from common PVC parts you can get most stores. Here it's reduced and screwed and glued. And finally the antenna rests at the top. I use this one uh, my disc cone to monitor UHF and VHF frequencies. Thank you and 
Welcome to this first edition of Comms Cheap Old Man Minutes. There you go, Emil. Uh, I tell you, PVC pipe is uh, ham's best friend. I can't <laughs> tell you the ham stuff I've built out of PVC pipe. There's not enough time in this segment. Yeah, I built the stealth out of out of PVC. You remember that? The big sign for NAB. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, PVC is very versatile. I thought you I thought you meant stealth antennas. You can build stealth antennas out of PVC too. Yeah. Yeah, he built a stealth sign out of it. Well, Peter, I understand uh, from our Facebook group that there's been some unusual transmissions going on around Australia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some uh, VK6s have been um, uh, receiving some transmissions from places unknown on or about 7 megahertz or 7.0002, I think, uh, megahertz. And it's rather strange because it's continuous chanting of some kind. Um, and uh, nobody's quite sure where it's coming from. Uh, my personal theory is that it's coming from Bali and uh, that it's uh, uh, a religious chanting of some description. Uh, and uh, there's a th actually a thing called the monkey chant, which I posted uh, a video of on, um, on YouTube, which is somewhat similar. But uh, I've, I've asked uh, people to actually try and direction find, if possible, perhaps using a loop antenna, so we can get some bearings and hopefully work out where this is all coming from. Yeah, it, that was really bizarre, both, both yeah. what's uh, off the air and uh, the monkey chat from the video. The, yeah, the monkey chat from the video, that was out there. But the, I've never heard anything like that on the air. It was really strange. I, I've, I've never heard anything like that on the air. So, Peter, uh, are you saying that you think it's from Bali, like on the island? Absolutely. Um, I went there in, I think, about 1998. And, uh, yeah, it sounds very familiar to the sort of uh, cultural things that they have over there. Bali's essentially a Hindu island in a sea of Muslim um, or Islam uh, in, uh, in Indonesia. And uh, its culture is somewhat similar to India. So uh, it sounds very much to me like uh, Hindu chanting. I've got a little bit different take on what it actually might be. I, I think almost everyone ha thinks it's a, you know, chanting or human. But if you look at it and think about machinery or RF or radios, it could actually be oscillations. I actually think that it might be two oscillators at different speeds oscillating, like audio oscillators. Well, you know, I've heard similar stuff before on the CD. Have you? No. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but I had to say it. Yeah. You still got your CB? No, it was about 20, 30 years ago. Tell me, tell us about somebody else you talked to at the Ham Fest. Man, I met a, a nice uh, couple from uh, Austin, Texas. They drove all the way over here from the Hamfest. That's actually the people that I, I bought my uh, my handy talkie from. You made it worth their while. I did. So hopefully they'll, maybe they'll come back. I tell you, the Jackson Hamfest is pulling vendors from a, a. That's not the only Texas vendor mm -hmm. there. I'm not sure how many there are, but 
It's really pulling a lot of vendors from all around the southeast. We got found another new vendor here. We found Austin Radio Supply, uh, aaradio.com. And uh, it's good to see you. What's your name? I'm Grace Paul. And you guys are in Austin, Texas? We're in Austin, Texas. have been there for almost 20 years now. Great. How long have you guys been in business? Well, if you consider all of our retail, it's probably 40. <laughs> okay, okay, great. Well, it's great to see you all here. Actually, you got some of my money. Well, thank you. We appreciate all the business we can get. <laughs> anyway, uh, how's the show been for you? It's been very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, we always say, though, we're, we, we always have room for more. Oh, oh, always, always. Uh, do you think you guys will be back next year? Well, we'll have to uh, see our schedule, and maybe so. It's a possibility. Okay, well, we sure hope you, you guys can make it back. It's good to see you here. Thanks, Thanks for talking to Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Well, Jimmy, I, I saw that Tommy saw, certainly spoke to a lot of people, but uh, what, what, what did you do at the Ham Fest? Actually, I, I did speak with someone at the Ham Fest. It was the uh, invited special guest, and he was from the ARRL. Uh, a name and call sign that many uh, hymns will recognize from the QST magazine and other books that this gentleman has written, Mr. Ward Silver, N0AX. As a part of the annual Jackson Amateur Radio Club Ham Fest, we've got another interview with our featured guest today, Mr. Ward Silver. Hi, Jim. Ward. Glad that you could be with us and join us. I'd like to thank the Hamfest for inviting me. It's the first time I've been here and uh, uh, to Jackson and to this particular Hamfest, and I've had a real good time. Thank you. We should give your call, which I forgot to do, N0AX. Alpha X-ray. That's right. Is there uh, any spe special significance to your call sign other than perhaps? Mm, no. Uh, uh, when I uh, got my license in 1975, they. Um, we're beginning the one by two program, and I said, "Give me the next license plate off the stack," and that's the one I got, and uh, it's pretty well tattooed on me now. I better not change it. So, <laughs> I, I understand. I feel yeah. the same way. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, um, you kind of alluded to your early days there. I was going to ask you, how did you become interested in being a ham? Um, I was interested in uh, science, and I was wandering around the library one afternoon and uh, pulled the May 1966 QST off the shelf and I looked at it and I said well this looks like fun and uh, that's been pretty much how I got interested and then it took a few uh, few years before I found somebody that was willing to teach me the Morse code and uh, show me how it was done and and so my Elmers were uh, another high school friend of mine Bill Agroski uh, who's now uh, KJ7 Papa Charlie and um, and the other members of the ham radio club uh, turns out I'm meeting one right here at the ham fest from the high school days he used to be WM0 funny old Indians and uh, now he's KG5 BK lives in uh, Shreveport so he and some fellas came down and uh, anyway got interested in high school and finally got my license and uh, had a good little ham radio club at the high school and and that's pretty much been uh, been history from there Wow, that's well, that's, good. that's a fantastic account, and uh, uh, I absolutely became interested at that stage in life too. But it took me many more years before I found somebody willing. No, I'm just kidding. Before I was able to get back around and into ham radio. Uh, sometimes it takes a long time. Yes, I, I'm curious. My professional life kind of. Um, 
helped get me into uh, amateur radio. Did yours, were you working in anything professionally uh, related at that time? Yes. Um, the, the ham radio license got me interested in electronics, and from there um, I became an electrical engineer. I went to the University of, of Missouri at Rolla, which is an engineering school. And uh, they had a great radio club as well, W0 Echo Echo Echo, W0 Triple E. So uh, those of us that didn't manage to flunk out from too much ham radio and made it through to get um, a degree, uh, we, we kind of joke about getting our BS in Triple E. Uh, <laughs> but I went That's into uh, electrical engineering and I spent 20 years in uh, product development as an independent uh, consulting engineer and as a uh, uh, staff engineer. And then uh, left that in uh, year 2000 and got interested in teaching and taught uh, electrical engineering at Seattle University for a while and then started writing for the league. And now um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much full-time a technical writer and editor, which would amaze my high school English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> it would amaze mine, too, if I were. But uh, yes, uh uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was the uh, contest update newsletter, which I, I read weekly, as do thousands, literally, of people. Um, uh, tell us a little bit, for those who in our viewership are unaware okay. of what the contest update is, a little about, uh, about that. The contest update is a free ARL uh, biweekly uh, newsletter. It comes out um, on Tuesday night every couple of weeks and uh, we have a distribution of about 25,000 direct um, receivers and it gets forwarded a lot plus it's online as well at arrl.org slash contest hyphen update and it's a uh, nominally it's a contesting um, publication but there's a lot of uh, news and uh, sights and sounds and we have video links and pictures and there's a big technical section and all this kind of stuff. So there's a lot for uh, the active operator. If you're an active operator, particularly yes. on HF, um, it, it'll be a lot of interest in there for you and the VHF uh, operator as well. Yes, I, it's, it's not, it is oriented maybe you'd say to, about contesting, but certainly is a lot in there for every ham I can imagine. I know I'm not the biggest contester in the world, but I get a great deal out of the I try okay. to I try to make sure it has a lot of, s of stuff that's of interest to pretty much anybody that happens to get a copy of it, and uh, it's free to ARL members. Just go to your membership uh, webpage, and down at the bottom of the page uh, for your member information, uh, just check the box that says contest update, and you'll get it. It's like the ARL letter and the the bulletins. But that that's not the only thing that you write on a regular basis for the league. And I'm not just referring to the books, which we'll mm. cover in a minute, but okay. you also write a monthly column in QST. I have uh, two. Article, I should say. I have say. two. Uh, the uh, contest calendar is the, uh, uh, the monthly calendar of contests that are coming up, and that's uh, in QST. But the, the column that I write is called Hands-On Radio, and um, it's a monthly technical topic, uh, usually with some kind of hands-on aspect for experimenting or building something to do with radio and we've had everything from uh, amplifier circuits and transistors to um, the last four months have been a series about how to use a free 
printed circuit board layout uh, program to make your own printed circuit boards. Express so, PC or was it Eagle PC? Express PC. Express PC. And uh, if you learn how to use Express PC, then you can move on to the free version of Eagle PCB layout and some of the more capable. See there, I do editors. read. I there do you read go. your. We've got a reader here, <laughs> folks. That's right. Listen, I'm out. I'm I'm over there at the workbench with my soldering iron, and I'm saying now, Ward said wrap five turns yeah. of this copper wire. And this is a, what is this, a gimmick capacitor? Yeah, twist two wires together. It's a great column, and I tell you, I've really learned a great deal of technical information. I'm, I'm glad to have you as a reader. And, Thank you. And highly recommend it to anyone. Thanks for the kind words. Well, you are more than welcome. Now, we mentioned books a moment ago, and, and uh, I know you've authored some for the ARRL. Uh, and... and I think I look. I think I saw a list of these, but uh, it's like mind-boggling, staggering the number. Do you write all of those? Well, let's see. I I am the primary author, and I guess, uh, yeah, author and editor of the three license manuals for the technician and the general and the extra class, and uh, yeah, pretty much wrote those. Although I started with the existing material and edited it quite a bit, so it's not. 100% my stuff. Um, then the handbook, um, I became the co-editor with uh, Mark Wilson, K1RO, in 2010. And of course, we didn't write all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> that's a huge project. We had lots of volunteers um, for authors and reviewers and project contributors. Yeah. Uh, that project of redoing the handbook took about a year and a half. Wow. And, uh, and we tried to now uh, have a new edition, of course, every year with something something new, and there's always something changing. Uh, for the next edition, we're going to work on updating the projects, for example. Then um, uh, a couple of years ago, they asked me if I'd like to tackle the uh, antenna book as well. The last editor, uh, Dean N6BV, did a great job on three uh, editions, and then he retired from the league, so they needed a new editor. and. Um, so I picked that one up and we did a complete rewrite on that book as well. Again, lots of volunteers, so real deep experts out there that are happy to contribute to amateur radio. Surely. For example, Rudy Severn's N6LF, the oh, yes. complete rewrite of the effects of ground chapter and a lot of his original research on uh, elevated radials and he really, uh, yes. he really did a great job on that chapter. A lot of guys contributed on that. And that was another year and a half project. So uh, this year was pretty busy in the summer with uh, the handbook and the antenna book coming out at the same time. And um, we'll be doing a new book called Antenna Modeling uh, wow. Basics to help somebody who's never done antenna modeling before start from absolutely scratch and come up to do simple antenna modeling. Well, it's a great, uh, a very useful skill or ability to have you can do so much um, for anyone, especially who home brews their own antennas. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine anything that would be much more helpful. Well, just to being able to get close, so when you put the thing up, you have a reasonable um, probability that it's going to behave about like what you expected. Yeah. That, that really helps people because it means a higher probability of success. And exactly. uh, success breeds on success in this hobby. And boy, once you get started, uh, 
uh, it's great. You get that momentum going, and you really have a great time. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm kind of winging it here because I'm going by my memory, which is never a good thing, but you were a fan of L.B. Sebix, is that? L.B. Sebix, I believe. Sebic. Yeah, W4RNL, who became a uh, silent key about three or four yeah. years ago. If you go to his website, which is uh, www.cebik.com, I think. Yeah. Just Google it. You'll yeah. find it. Um, he has literally thousands of articles on that website. You have to sign up and get a password, but it's free. Um, and you have access to this tremendous... Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the tremendous output of this guy and uh, very recognized our, our highly visible antenna author and uh, right. recognized expert in the field I guess Plus a good teacher as well he wrote the um, online course for the league called antenna modeling and right. so uh, some of his work on that course will be brought into this new book okay. we're not going to try and make it into a design manual it's going to be a how to get started, and then there's a lot of information out there, but we're going to make sure the lowest rung of that ladder is low enough for people to walk up to and, and start climbing from. That's great. I'm looking forward to that, and uh, I probably will be one of those book purchasers. That's there you something go. I'd and, like to get more And I, I'm also uh, about to release uh, my first ham radio novel, which is a oh. detective story called Ray Tracy, Zone of Iniquity, and... Uh, I've been working on that for a long time. Uh, it's been in the can for a long time and finally getting around to publishing it. I was actually going to ask you if you've ever thought of trying your hand at fiction. This, is, this was fiction, and it was originally something I did for the uh, Western Washington DX Club Totem Tabloid newsletter. And uh, I'm partnering with uh, Jeff Murray, K1NSS, who does the... Uh, Dash, the dog-faced ham cartoons. Uh, I've actually read. <laughs> there you go. His website is www.dashtoons.com. A great mm -hmm. drawing, and uh, Jeff's helping me with the graphics and setup of the book. Now, uh, besides the fiction, which you're in the ARRL League stuff, you have some non-ARRL books, is that yes. correct? I have three uh, For Dummies titles. I have Ham Radio for Dummies, which was the first one, and it's still in print. It was uh, written in 2004, and uh, we keep selling them, so there may be a second edition at some point. And then there's also two-way radios and scanners for dummies, and uh, that's about the unlicensed radios like the FRS, GMRS handhelds, um, shortwave radios, trunking scanners, that sort of thing. And, um, and then circuit building for dummies, which is how to actually build circuits yourself. You're based in Seattle, correct? I moved from Seattle to oh. St. Louis in uh, 2010, so I'm back oh, in my, okay. my old stomping grounds. Oh, St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, um, our uh, uh, third wheel, who's not here at the moment, but our, uh, our, our compatriot, George, is uh, also on Ham Nation, which you may mm -hmm. have seen before. Yes. And um, also hosting on Ham Nation are Bob Howell and... Just across the river. Gordon West. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say you're out on the West Coast with Gordo, but actually you're in St. Louis now closer to Bob. Closer to Bob. But I know Gordo well, and, uh, of course, he writes his series of uh, uh, instructional books and we talk about the question pools and teaching new hams and stuff so yeah he's very involved isn't he 
He's a great guy. It's hard to match Gordo's enthusiasm. <laughs> yes, I'll agree. Okay, well, uh, is there anything else, Ward, that you would like to either convey to our viewership or the amateur radio community at large? Or Well, uh, the important thing is to uh, really to just be active. I think uh, just get out there and do it, yes. you know, and do it, um, show other people um, what ham radio is, uh, just get it back as part of the conversation so that, so that we can carry this uh, into the second century. Yes, yes. All right. Thank you very much for joining us today. Jim, I haven't read a lot of ARRL publications or paid attention to the authors. And so I was, uh, you know, kind of surprised to see who we actually had there in Ward. Yeah, Ward is... Uh very prolific author and uh, multi-talented in that not only does he write, but he does all of that hands-on electronics RF stuff that he writes about. So, yeah, you know, was, kudos to him. He's a sharp guy, man. And I noticed, I saw him over at that booth, and that place had a crowd pretty much the whole time. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, well, we got another new vendor here uh, from Ham World in uh, Talladega. Is this your first time at the show? Talladega, yeah. This is the first time we've been to the show. And it's been great. What, what's your name? JT. I'm JT Malone, N4ZDY. This is my son, Chris. He's unlicensed, unfortunately. Oh, we're going to have to work on that. Well, we've all been trying. He's the only one in the family that's not licensed. That's just not right, Chris. No, it's not. We should take away all of his privileges. So, so uh, obviously, this is your first year at the show, and uh, how's it been for you? It's been great. We, uh, we've actually been thinking about coming here for two or three years, and we... Um, Finally made the plunge this year. Uh, everybody's been very gracious and hospitable to us. And uh, the uh, crowd has been fantastic. And we've been well received here. Hey, we're, we're mighty glad to see you guys here. It's uh, always great to see some new vendors come in. The show's grown a lot. And they've taken some more room over here. And it uh, looked like they made good use of the space bringing you guys. Well, they really have. They've been very accommodating. And as a matter of fact, uh, we've requested to... Um, be in the same location next year, so we do plan to come back. Well, you just beat me to the question, are you going to come back next year? So that's great. Sorry, sorry about that, but, uh, but no, we've, we've been very pleased. And uh, it's, uh, you know, we, we go up into the Carolinas, down in the Florida and uh, Louisiana, and uh, this is definitely a show that we'll, we'll want to attend every year. Oh, well, that's great. I appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us also. Thank you, Tommy. Peter, we've been talking about the Ham Fest all show, and... Uh, how much fun that was, seeing uh, different projects and parts and good junk around to build stuff out of. What have you been doing down there? Well, uh, people who will have watched the latest episode of uh, um, Ham Nation will have seen some discussion around uh, the synergies or the similarities between the maker crowd and also the amateur radio community, because both groups like to make things in the electronic sphere. Uh, we, our local uh, hacker groups, uh, organised a mini Maker Fair, and of course the Maker Fair over in U in the US is well known and uh, well attended. So we had a, a mini Maker Fair down here in Melbourne, our very first one, and I went along to have a look. Hi, I'm Peter from uh, Amateur Logic Vidcast uh, that we produce, and you are. Um, I'm Luke. Um, I'm uh, one of the members of the Melbourne Hackerspace, um, and one of kind of partially one of the organisers of today. Um, 
Yep. It's, um, it's been a really good day so far, really successful, lots of people, actually more people than we ever originally anticipated, but it's all been really fun. Peter! <laughs> Peter! Look, oh, Peter. how are you, Peter? Yes, hello, it's Peter, BK3YE. How are you going, Peter? Good, thanks, Peter. Uh, and, uh, well, I see you've turned up here for the, uh, the Maker Fair. This what is called Interview by Ambush, is it? Interview by Ambush, yeah, for Amateur Logic. Uh, this will end up probably as an Amateur Logic Extra. Or an maybe Amateur Logic Extra. Well, have I got a thing for you? But anyway, we better well, talk about the show. show and tell. That's yeah, we, uh, we better talk about the show first. We're at Maker Fair in Melbourne. Oh, no, um, I've got plenty of... Mini Maker Fair. It's the first ever show, yeah. and it's and it's great. Lots of, peop lots of people doing funny things with electronics, wrecking it, building new stuff out of it, yeah. doing all sorts of things that uh, you'd never thought could be done with it. Absolutely. I'm blown away by the variety of things that are here. And did you see the remote-controlled blimp thing flying around? No. Oh, well, you'll have a treat. It's in, in the next room there. All remote control. I think it's got a camera with it, so yeah. it could well, it's probably it. connected to Wi-Fi or something. Yeah. Now, uh, you would be, I don't know if you're aware, but I built one of your regenerative uh, radios. Really? Which one? This is the uh, single valve. I think it was a 12AU7. Oh, oh yes, that's right. And, uh, so I built that for mm. one of, uh, and it worked, worked a treat, which is great. Now, uh, in case people aren't aware, of course, you actually have a series of videos on YouTube where you build lots of stuff, basically, and go out and that's do right, operate radio. portable. Mm. Yep. So, uh, uh, so they can search on what VK3YE. VK3YE into YouTube, and they'll find it. Okay. Right. Well, come on, tell us. Tell All right. Tell. Okay. Well, you might have seen. Um, you might have seen this on one of the YouTube videos, but this is actually a small QRP transceiver for 40 metres. Wow. It's CW, puts out about 100, 200 milliwatts. As you can see, it's just powered by Energizer batteries, mm -hmm. 6 volts. And it's built in, in a, uh, a common food container you can get from the supermarket, and it's great for building this sort of stuff. Wow. Um, we'll even take it out of the box. Here's a little Morse key, which yep. I'll show and it does receive as well? It does receive as well. It is a transceiver, so you can switch from receive to transmit. That's the on button. Plug your antenna in there, or a little antenna coupler. Mm -hmm. And your crystal earpiece, like the old earpiece that people yep. use with crystal sets, um, just plugs into here. Now, inside, it's really easy to get at if you want to service it. Mm -hmm. um, at the centre is the tuning capacitor. Here you'll find two crystals for 7030 megahertz. Yep. reason why it's two is it increases the frequency pulling range. Yep. Now a lot of people build crystal controlled rigs and they're very limited because they're usually on the one frequency. Well with this one you can go all the way from 7005 to 7028. Okay. So over 20 kilohertz swing yep. which is most of the CW end of the band. Okay, what do you use for an antenna with this? For an antenna usually an end fed wire about 20 meters long now that's high impedance, so you do need an L-match antenna coupler, but I've got a little one that plugs into here. Um, inside, uh, you've got the VXO, which is one of the transistors here. Then you've got another transistor, that's the VXO just here. Um, you've got RF chokes in series, which allow your frequency shift to be increased. Yep. Another transistor underneath all that is the buffer. Here's our final transistor, a mm -hmm. 2 n 3053 and that goes right to the that's the transmit receive switch and in here it's all very small but a very simple receiver yep and nicole hi nicole here you go um Good, look, uh, what's it all about uh, tell us a little bit about what you're uh, displaying here um so i'm from 
organisation called Robo Girls. Yeah. And we're a student-run volunteering organisation to promote females in engineering. That's a cool idea. So what we do is we go out to primary schools and high schools across Victoria mm -hmm. and we teach the girls in the primary schools um, high schools how to use these NXT robots. So we run robotic sessions for them, teach them a little about what engineering is, um, the, the prospect of females going into the field of engineering, and also just letting them have a play around and having a bit of program about what the robot is and what it does. Yeah, hi Peter, I'm Jonathan. Um, we're from Freetronics. We're a company that designs and manufactures open hardware. Yep. Um, most of our products are based on the Arduino line, so yep. we have a number of boards that are compatible with Arduino. Yep. Uh, for example, there is an 11 somewhere around here. Uh, it's got so much stuff, I can't find it. Um, which is equivalent to an Arduino Uno. Yep. But we also have a whole lot of variations, our own you know, ideas and twists and takes on it. Uh, for example, we have a board here called the Ether 10, which is like an Arduino with, it's basically an Arduino with built-in Ethernet. What are we doing? Is this a MakerBot or a... Um, yeah, this is a MakerBot. This is actually just our MakerBot we brought along um, yep. that we put together. Looks a bit and more sturdy than the usual MakerBots well, I've seen. This one's not made out of wood. Well, it, actually, um, what happened is I didn't really fancy the look of the, um, the wood ones. Yeah. So I spray painted this. This is actually the same MakerBot that, that oh, you okay. saw over there. Yep. I got automotive um, metallic silver paint. Yep. And um, and this metallic blue paint and mm -hmm. sprayed all the parts before assembling it, so it really looked more like a machine. G'day, it's Jim. G'day, Peter. I'm very well, thank you. Uh, it's good. Uh, you've, I see you've come to the Maker Fair here. Yes, I certainly have, yeah. Okay, what do you think so far? Oh, very interesting. I hope it catches on and they have one every year. Oh, look, it's, it's terrific. And the yep. uh, turnout's great. And, yes. Uh, yeah. um, this is basically about upcycling. I'm mainly looking at steampunk upcycling, but upcycling yeah. works for anybody. It's taking waste and seeing the creative potential in it. So reusing waste things. So old computer cases yeah. to make shelves. Okay. The goal of the software and the microcontroller is to keep it up, keep, keep the platform horizontal. That's all it does. So, I'm going to wander off. Well, it's been a great mini maker fair, and uh, I have to say, it looks like it's been an unqualified success. And uh, I hope they, they run again next year. Lots of people attending, even at this late stage. Uh, they're closing in about half an hour and still full of people, so uh, that's great. So, thanks to the organisers of the mini maker fair and to uh, everybody that appeared on camera. Cheers. Peter, I really like that uh, Maker Fair stuff there. You know, I consider myself a little bit of a maker, but uh, we didn't call it that when I started doing it. That's right. Well, we just yeah. called it building things. Well, uh, I, um, I was rather intrigued with the 3D printers. I don't know if you've seen them at all, but uh, uh, the, the Maker Bots and the... Um, uh, there's various other models uh, now available uh, in kit form actually build a, a 3D printer that will actually 
uh, create a 3D object in plastic. Speaking of makers, man, I, I uh, met the guy, met, well, we've talked to him plenty of times before at the Ham Fest, but he probably makes more ham radio projects than anybody. I bet he does. I know who you're talking about. Hey, we ran into our good friend, uh, Mr. Jew from MFJ. How are you doing, Mr. Jew? Oh, I'm, good. I'm doing good, Tommy. It's a good show here. Yeah, it's good to see you out here. Um, you guys have been pretty busy, I see. Well, we have been busy. I noticed that uh, after lots of folks had left, we still had a big crowd over here. So, yeah, good show. Yes, sir. I noticed the same thing. Um, you guys got any new products this year? We've had this 10-meter single sideband radio for a long time. But what we want to do is to pair it with an antenna uh, for 10 meters that can be put on a, a uh, tripod and taken out to the balcony of their apartment building or to the patio and just set it up and connect it to a simple 10-watt, 5-watt, 10-meter transceiver and be able to talk to people all over the world. We've also got some versions of this that has a, um, a loading coil. It's a manual band switching antenna, but you can operate from 20 meters up through 2 meters. And another version of these that's an indoor antenna. You take it and you slide it up against the wall. There's two radios that comes out and a, and a telescope and whip that goes all the way up to nearly to the ceiling. And you can operate 10 meters or by tapping it, you can operate from uh, 20 meters uh, all the way up through uh, 2 meters. So that's to get our technician class um, uh, a of HF and get them really interested in, in ham radio. We've also got this new uh, uh, CW transmitter that will cover uh, 15 meters, 17 meters, 20 meters, 30 meters, 40 meters, and 80 meters with the little module. You unplug that from the back of it and plug in the module for whatever band you want. It's got a digital readout and digital tuning. Uh, <coughs> Um, but there, there's several new products like that that we have. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I really like the uh, the antenna here and the idea of pairing that with the receiver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we can just make a uh, a package up for our new uh, technician class, where all they have to do is plug it all in and get on the air and just get a taste of HF. Yeah, that's great. See, I, I think you guys have an event coming up at October at your place this year, don't you? Well, we do. We're going to have another day in the park. Is We're going to celebrate our 40th year in business, and we're going to uh, open up all the uh, factories and uh, just have a big party in Starkville, and everybody in, everybody's welcome. Yeah, that's great. I sure hope we can make it up there. Uh, I know when George and uh, Wayne came up there the last time, those videos have been very, very popular. We've had a lot of comments on them. Oh, that's wonderful. I sure hope y'all can make it, too. Yeah, we're going to try our best. And uh, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us. Okay, well, thank you. Yes, sir. As always, it's good to see you. It was really good to see Martin again, and I'm definitely going to be at that 40th anniversary celebration. Well, you guys ought to come, too. I'm planning on it. Yeah, I'm planning on it as well. I bet we'll have a lot of people there, even, you know, from out of state. Uh, this is a, yeah. a milestone uh, for a, a ham radio company uh, that manufactures stuff here in the United States. There's not many of them out there. 
And uh, certainly now MFJ's got to be the largest with uh, high gain and Cushcraft and Vectronics, Bronze and Maritron. Uh, and, and we thank Martin for all he does for amateur radio. I've got one email I want to read, although we haven't really done emails this time around. But uh, my friend Gary Pierce, KN4AQ, is uh, a sometimes part-time fill-in temporary host on Ham Nation when Bob's out. <laughs> He wasn't around last week, though, and Gordo and I pretty much had it to ourselves, and, yeah. and we, we cut up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, Gary does the amateur radio uh, video news DVDs that you can buy yep. and uh, has some great content on there. But recently, he started giving away a little bit of his videos, and he wanted to let everyone know that he's just done a detailed review of his free-to-watch model that's on the ARVN Facebook page. So look up ARVN on Facebook and uh, see what Gary's got going on. He needs to get a uh, plaque for his shirt with that title on it. Uh, what's that title? Oh, temporary part-time part temporary. temporary. Yeah, yeah it'd be pretty big, though, about like a license plate. It would. Uh, well, we really enjoyed it, everybody. Uh, fun times. This was episode 36. Does it seem like we've done that many, Jim? Well, we're just Time is just yeah, It doesn't seem by. like any more than 66. Yeah. I'm just yeah. kidding. It really has flown by. <laughs> uh, Peter, great to see you again. As always. It's a pleasure. Join us again next time. 7-3. See you next time. Cheers.